Sparkin' Conversations, a podcast for electricians, hosted by an electrician. The Electrical Association is committed to keeping electricians in the know about the latest developments in the industry. Experts will be on to help answer the tough questions, talk shop, and give tips to help make your jobs work. Well, good day, everybody. I'm Mike Miller with the Electrical Association here with another podcast for Sparkin' Conversation. Today, our guest is Mr. Mike Verholtz, lighting consultant with Center for Energy and Environment on the topic of Design Lighting Consortium. Well, Mike, tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started with CEE. Well, I don't want to go all the way back to my start. It's 27 years ago. Not much on that. I did do a project at the airport for sound insulation, and then they needed someone who didn't know anything about lighting, but knew how to talk to customers. And that's where I came in because I have a little more sales experience. And I was talking to 1500 homeowners at the airport by the time I came downtown. And what we did was uh, start up a small business program for lighting retrofits. And they needed someone that could go beyond just doing the counts and doing the reports and actually talking to the customers. So I started out with that in 2001. It's just a temporary program, uh, two years long, see where it goes from there. And obviously it's continued on at uh, three-year contracts ever since. And um, the idea is to go out and directly help the small business customers with lighting decisions, how to source them, what decisions to go to as far as, um, you know, type of lights, things like that. So I started out with a whole different program, went into this lighting program with the idea that you're going to go out and, and save energy through technology instead of trying to tell people to turn their lights off. So I, it fit me well because I've owned a couple of businesses myself and I understood that. So that's that's kind of where my background is for that and uh, learned lighting as I went and plenty of opportunities to learn about lighting. Well, Mike, I, I certainly could agree with you from the standpoint we've seen a, a great deal of change over the years with LED lighting. It certainly revolutionized lighting as contractors know it. Uh, what can you tell us about your mission and the scope of CEE and how has it worked for advanced energy efficiencies and about the partnerships you build? If you clue us in on that, I think our, our listening audience would be interested to hear that. Well, I, I'll give you a brief background of Center for Energy and Environment. We go by CEE, and they started out as a Minneapolis Department of Energy Conservation. And, and the idea there is, of course, when the energy crisis hit, we needed to do something to save energy. So we were insulating houses. The Minneapolis uh, city spun us off as a nonprofit because they didn't want to fund a Department of Energy anymore, but there was still contracts left to insulate houses. So that was our start back in the 80s. And then as we went along, we kept doing more research. We did more projects. And then we came into this insulation project that I helped with at the airport to sound insulate 15,000 houses out there. And so because we know insulation work, we were able to take that work and, and turn it into the insulation for sound. And then uh, from there, we have other projects with insulating for large buildings. You have also airflow for large buildings. A number of engineers handle that. So the idea behind the Center for Energy and Environment is to take the science and help people out. We have uh, 
practical solutions that help homes, buildings, and communities so that they reduce their energy use. We don't do it through wanting to change your lifestyle or the way you do business. It's all through the science. That's fascinating. Mike, I got another question. And I'm listening to everything you're telling me here. I'm just wondering, is is this something a contractor would call you for advice on on perhaps design and layout of lighting or or structural design, which we probably don't do a lot of in the electrical industry per se, but is this something that we would call you and get you involved in helping us lay it out? And if so, is that a nonprofit? Does that mean it's a for-profit? It's a, a charge that you provide to the contractor for your services? Well, I I would like to say I could do that, but the projects that we do, it's strictly for retrofitting and it's, it's connected with the utilities. The design of lighting is done by other architectural firms and lighting design firms. And there's plenty of those in the Twin Cities, but that's, that's a different set of skills and, and, um, companies that handle that. What we do is, is all retrofitting. Mike, another thing I want to just let our, our listeners know today, why we brought you on today was to discuss Design Lighting Consortium. What is it, where it came from, and what can you tell us about helping the electrical industry to promote energy-efficient products? The Design Lighting Consortium was put together by lighting experts between professors at the colleges, your lighting experts that are in design firms, also lighting firms themselves, utilities, they all came together and said, we need something to to be real about LEDs in particular. And it, this started 10 years ago on the Design Lighting Consortium. So if you went back in time when, when electricity started out, they needed something like the Underwriters Laboratory to make sure people were safe. This isn't about safety with Design Lighting Consortium. It's about honesty. Everybody was promising 100,000 hours for your lights. Well, the lights may still be working at 100,000 hours, but they might not be bright enough at that point. But typically, they would be burned out long before the LEDs burn out, the driver burns out. That's the weak point on all the LEDs. So because of all these over-promises from the manufacturers, and it was a little bit of the Wild West when it came to what's a good product, what's not, where's the warranty. There's uh, promises of how much light you're getting from this fixture or this this luminaire. And in truth, it wasn't what you were getting when you tested it or had it tested. So this group came together and said, we're going to start testing lights and we're going to tell you what the exact wattage is that we tested. And we're going to tell you what the lumens per watt the brightness of those are compared to what's in their literature. And if your literature wasn't matching up, they would ask you to change the literature or not be able to get a DLC designation for your product. So by getting a DLC designation for the product, the person purchasing the the product can be assured that what you say in your specs is what's really happening. It's been tested. It's cost the manufacturer's money to do this and get that DLC listing but it wasn't so high because it's a nonprofit that they couldn't afford to have that done. But every product that needs that wants a DLC listing has to be tested. And then there's a new thing that came out in July of 2020 
where DLC said we're going to now offer DLC premium. And what that is is a, a new level that most of the manufacturers can meet, but they wanted to let people know that we've got a better product and we want a, another designation on that, and that's called DLC premium. And that's where in, in our system that we're working with, we're offering a bigger rebate for the DLC premium because those typically cost more, but they're also more efficient. They're a better light as far as how long they last. There's an L90 requirement, which means that 90% of the beginning lumens are still there at 36,000 hours. And they've tested those over time and they can extrapolate that forward to the 36,000 hours. And then the lumens per watt minimum is 130. And that is something that was happening back three, four years ago, but they wanted a designation to say these products are meeting a higher lumens per watt. Um, there are products out right now that are over 150, 170 lumens per watt, but there isn't a new designation, I think, because there's not enough manufacturers yet. And and uh, they have been tested under DLC and, and they can and they can say how many lumens there are when they test them per watt, but they don't have another designation yet. I, I expect there'll be another one in a few years beyond the DLC premium. Well, it certainly sounds like DLC is making some wide open advances. I'm pleased to hear that. And considering DLC, how does that compare to programs like we've heard of, like Energy Star, that also rates probably not just lamps, but also appliances. You'll see there are stickers and information that should cost you a maximum of this much annually or monthly. Does DLC and Energy Star compare comparably or how does that work? I believe that they're they're comparable and there are products that uh, DLC does not offer a designation on. Recessed cans are one of them. Uh, screw in lights where you, you take a, let's say a 60 watt light bulb out and put in a nine watt screw in LED. They do not test those. There's, I think it's partly because there's just too many of those products and the lower cost on those. It doesn't make sense to try to get that. The manufacturers don't go after that. But some of the manufacturers, when it's required by a utility, will go after Energy Star. And that's a different designation. And they were big on the compact fluorescents. And they were a little bigger on the, the recessed cans because that's not something that DLC takes care of. I don't know if that's a government entity on the Energy Star, but it's a similar situation. You have people testing the product. See, is it robust? Do they have a warranty that's decent and they're taking care of the customers on those things? You know, they have a certain wattage they say they are. If they're not showing up at that wattage, then they're not going to get that Energy Star rating. Same thing with the DLC, but DLC tends to be toward fixtures. And they do have retrofit kits that are DLC, but that tends to be for two by fours, two by twos, and some exterior lights. Mike, I've got a question about DLCs reaching width and length. Are they nationally recognized as is Energy Star, or is this kind of a regional operation? How does that work? It's a national operation and maybe even international, but as far as do they get each other's designation, I don't know about that. I don't think so. What we tend to see is if you have Energy Star, then they don't go after DLC and vice versa, but I don't know that much about the Energy Star, it's not been a requirement for our program. We do require a three-year warranty on the products, including tubes, screw-ins, but we see 
most of the manufacturers are offering five-year warranties. And if you want to be competitive, that tends to be what we see on that. It's, you know, if you don't have a five-year warranty, who's going to be buying the product? They don't want to deal with somebody that's not willing to stand behind the product. Absolutely. That, that certainly makes a lot of sense. Uh, Mike, another question. What's the process for a manufacturer to have their product evaluated and considered for rating by DLC? DLC's uh, website, you have to look up Design Lighting Consortium. It's very important to look under that because there's another group that has DLC also. When you go to Design Lighting Consortium website, at their website, they have one of the options is resources for the manufacturer. So if you click on that, you have like join us, about our work, find products. Now, the find products would be for people like me. I'm working with a contractor. The contractor says, here's the part number. I'm not sure it's DLC. Then we go to the website, look up that part number, and we can see if it's a premium or just a normal DLC, which again is the lumens. Either they haven't gone for the premium or the lumens per watt are not quite the the same level as the 130 plus lumens per watt. But if, if, if the manufacturer said, I want to have my product tested for DLC, there is a spot on their website across the top. There's I think five options for you there. I think it's under resources. Mike, another interesting question I bet a lot of our listeners are wondering about is, uh, what are the benefits to contractors and their customers to use the DLC qualified products? Well, once you start down a path of DLC requirement, and that's only what I'm going to use, especially the premium, you know you're going to have something that's been tested and if somebody says this is going to last this many hours with this much light level, you can count on somebody has tested it. When we go with DLC Premium, we know that we're getting the best equipment as far as the latest and greatest. It's a little bit more money, but like I just worked with someone just a half hour ago and they were looking at a DLC and DLC Premium. The difference in price was $45 and $50 for the premium. The premium we offer right now are a, a better rebate when someone uses DLC premium because we know we're going to get a better lumens per watt. So we're going to get a lower wattage used to do the job. We know that this is the latest product, so we're going to get somebody with the latest technology, and that's going to last them longer. So instead of getting maybe the next seven years out of an older product until that maybe is no longer as viable as the latest and greatest, they're going to get a couple, three more years out of that product they put in. And, and so that's worth that extra $5 uh, per fixture. It can be more when you get into bigger fixtures. Maybe it's $20 difference. But we do make up the difference on our rebate program when someone goes with the premium. Mike, one of the neat questions I like to ask all of our guests is if they had the opportunity to look in their crystal ball and tell us where we're going to be in four to eight years relative to the development of LED lighting and how that will impact what your specific lot in life is in the trade. What could you tell us about that? Well, I foresee a lot more bells and whistles coming for the customers, even the smaller customers. Uh, most of the people we deal with are not going to put in things like controls, dimming, automation for uh, on-off switching, the network controls. These are things that the largest companies and people that are building new buildings are putting in. And I foresee that 
coming more and more to, to smaller customers, but it, it's hard to see somebody with, let's say, 40, 50 lights controlling those. It doesn't necessarily make sense if somebody's already turning their light off because there's three people in the office and somebody's not in that room. They'll go turn that off. That doesn't make sense. So I, I don't see them coming into the smaller customers with that. But I, I do see more network systems, more automation, and more dimming, especially when you have... Uh, let's say a large office, maybe a dental office. Somebody likes their lights much brighter. Let's say they're working on the teeth and, and uh, they don't need that much light in the rest of the room while they're trying to focus on it. And then when the, they end up talking to the customer, they can automate the dimming so that uh, it's an easy button or maybe even a voice command. That, that I see more and more. So more and more automation, more and more networking, of course, more energy efficiency, Building, I think we're going to see wallpaper and glass tint when the lights, or I should say when the sun goes down, you're going to see the window actually light up like outside lighting. That will be more common in about eight years. And then wallpaper-like materials that will light up the room instead of having uh, fixtures. That That's what they're talking about when I go to light fair. You know, that is very exciting as a contractor, uh, looking forward to something. Uh, nothing's forever in lighting. I've learned over the years that I've been in the contracting business, and I, I really look forward on behalf of the contractors, membership of the Electrical Association, the neat things to look forward to. Well, Mike, in our closing question, I'd like to just ask for members who are interested in learning more about the DLC, where can they find these details and how could they reach out with questions? Well, as far as the DLC, it, they say they, they have an easy-to-use website, and you can plug in your part numbers to make sure they meet the DLC whenever you're ordering product. Um, you always ask your supplier if they're offering a DLC product. If they're not, I, I beg you to stay away from non-DLC if it's products that have DLC designations, and that's all luminaires and tubes, not recess cans and retrofit cans and not screw-ins. As far as if somebody wants to reach out to me, do you want me to give you give out the email for me or? That would be fine, Mike. So my email is mverhulst, V-E-R-H-U-L-S-T at M-N-C-E-E dot O-R-G. Anybody can email and ask about the designation or any other questions they might have. I'd like to thank everybody for tuning in today at our podcasts and encourage you to consider coming back. We have many great ones coming up with, from the Electrical Association. You can find them anywhere you can find ad podcasts on the web. Without any more ado, I'd like to thank you for joining. Mike Miller signing off. Spark and Conversations is a production of the Electrical Association. For more information, visit www.electricalassociation.com. Thank you.